Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 9th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and continue with the teachings of the Savior in Matthew 19. Yesterday we talked about the Savior's teaching on marriage, understanding that he was teaching an ideal that we all strive for, knowing that we are terrestrial beings in a terrestrial experience, and we are striving for a celestial marriage and a celestial relationship. Sometimes that will fall short. Sometimes by no fault of our own, we will not be able to achieve that. But please know that there is always a place for you in the kingdom of God and always a place for you in God's church and in his plan, even if our lives don't match some of these teachings perfectly. And especially remember that today as we talk about the Savior's teaching on children. It's interesting, several years ago, I used to teach the marriage and family relationship class in my ward. That was back when they had a marriage and family relationship class in the wards. And when I would teach that class, the first six weeks were spent teaching about marriages. And the second six weeks were all about children and how to raise children. I used to say that I felt pretty confident and competent teaching about marriages and successful marriages. I have a pretty incredible marriage. And that is mostly because I chose really well and my husband's amazing more than any ability or talent on my own. But I always felt pretty comfortable and confident teaching that marriage portion. But when we would transfer over to the children portion, I would always say to the people in my class that it was a shame that they had me for a teacher now instead of seven years ago before I had kids. Because before I had kids, I knew everything that it would take to be a perfect, excellent parent. I knew everything that I would need to do in order to have perfect, obedient children. I had it all figured out. And then I had my first child and realized I knew nothing and I couldn't do anything. And that this little being came to me with his own spunk, his own personality, his own set of trials and challenges, and his own set of beautiful attributes. And everything that I thought I knew looking at marriage, looking at families and, and parenting from the outside was all out the window because when they come to you and they just have their own way of being and their own personality, everything you thought you knew didn't matter anymore. So I tell you the same disclaimer today. Here we're going to talk about the Savior's feelings on children and how we as parents or aunts and uncles, brothers, sisters, neighbors, friends, grandparents, how we as people who have influence with children in our lives can treat them and love them the way the Savior does. And it's just too bad that I'm making this podcast now instead of 11 years ago when I knew everything perfectly. <laughs> so starting in verse 13, it says, Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. Now let's pause right there because that sounds harsh. But look in verse 13, there's a Joseph Smith translation that really helps us understand. It says, rebuked them saying, there is no need for Jesus hath said, such shall be saved. So more likely the disciples were thinking, you know, these children don't need blessings. They don't need these prayers of the Savior because they're already saved. They're already good. Let him focus his time and his energy on people who need that blessing which makes a little bit more sense, right? And in verse 14, it says, But Jesus said, Suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed hence. I absolutely love the Savior's love for children. We see that again in the Book of Mormon. 
The Savior can see these beautiful souls with their attributes and with their potential, and he loves them as the children of God. Yesterday, we used the family proclamation to talk about the solemn responsibility to love and care for each other as husband and wife. Let's listen to what the family proclamation teaches us about our responsibility to love and care for children. Now, again, I'm giving a disclaimer because I know that when we talk about marriage and family and being parents in this church, it can sometimes be painful for people who don't have that. But please know, no matter your position in life right now, you have the opportunity to love and care for and bless children in any capacity. In the family proclamation, it says parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, to teach them to love and serve one another, observe the commandments of God, and be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. Now that sounds really overwhelming for me as a parent who I'm just trying to teach my kid not to lick tires sometimes. (laughs) But we have this responsibility to kind of grow these people into Christ-like humans. Now, there's a really, really important distinction here, because the very last sentence of this same paragraph says, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. Yikes. That sounds terrifying because I know I am not perfect. And notice it says the obligations. It's not just the parenting obligation. It's our responsibility as husbands and wives to love and care for each other. We will be held accountable for how we love and care for our spouse and how we rear and teach our children. Now, before we get too bogged down in that responsibility and too bogged down in the idea of being accountable before God for how we do these things, it's really important to make a distinction here. It says that husbands and wives have a responsibility to love and care for each other. It doesn't say that we have the responsibility to ensure that the perfect marriage follows. We are only in charge of our own choices. We are only in charge of our behavior and we can't control that of our spouse. And same thing with parenthood. Notice the obligation that we have to rear our children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, to teach them, to love and serve, to observe the commandments, to be law-abiding citizens. Our responsibility is to teach and to love and to provide Our responsibility is not to make sure that our children actually do those things. We can't control that. And I think sometimes as parents, we feel like we have to control. That if we've done our job, if we are good parents, if we are perfect, then we can control the outcome of that. If we're good parents, then our children will never leave the church. If we are good parents, then our children will always maintain a testimony. If we are good parents, then our children will grow up and not be jerks. (laughs) right? But that's not what this teaches. This teaches a good parent teaches, loves, provides, and tries to help guide. But ultimately, in the end, the outcome is on the child. Our obligation is to love, teach, and provide. Our children's obligation is to take those teachings into action. And sometimes we often overlook that feeling imperfect or feeling like we failed if our children grow up to be anything but perfect. I think especially as mothers, we have that mentality. But my friends, that is not what the Savior teaches us. That's not what the gospel teaches us. Here, the Savior teaches us that our job is to love and invite our children to us. Our children may not be doing what we want them to do. They may not be living the way we want them to live. 
but it would seem that that's not important to the Savior here, and it's not important to our Father in Heaven. They expect us to invite children to us and to love them where they are, as the Savior does for us. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter the strength or level of our testimonies, the Savior meets us where we are and loves us there and invites us to change. And that's what he expects us to do with our children as well, to invite them to us, to love them where they are, and to help where we can. In fact, Elder Holland once said, if you try your best to be the best parent you can be, you will have done all that a human being can do. And that's all that God expects you to do. Let's not place expectations on us that God hasn't placed on us. Let's be the best parents we can be by loving our children where they are, inviting them to come to us, and hopefully by coming to us, coming closer to Christ. Elder Hales once said, and this is one of my favorite quotes, he said, it's impossible to overestimate the influence of parents who understand the hearts of their children. My friends, that's what the Savior expects of us. I'm going to be very real and very vulnerable. My son and I, for a lot of years, have just really kind of butted heads. We're too much the same. I think a lot of times because I feel like if I'm not seeing what I want to see in him, then I've failed as a mom and it's really hard for me. But this past year, I've really been trying to focus on his heart, who he is at his core and who he is at his core. His heart is so good and so awesome. Understanding who my kid is at his heart has changed parenthood for me. And as we do that, as we see our kids for who they are at their very core, we get the opportunity to see them as our Father in Heaven sees them, and we get the opportunity to parent them as He would. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 